0: cheers cheers welcome to diplomacygames.com. games.com podcast all about diplomacy and drinking and drinking of course <laughs> oh shit press start um <laughs> what was that two seconds already so i've got to go to that i'm Kana i'm Andy. and um as you can tell we're a professional outfit actually we're, we're, we're having beers at, at, at quite a swanky little what's my bar? Really. It's um, inside of an old bank.
1: Yeah, like yeah. Colonial yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's colonial. I think it's 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 probably more. Um, oh, it's a mix between colonial. But if you look on the outside, it's almost like a little bit um, Art Deco, which is actually quite quite keeping with the theme of the music and everything. If you look up here, you've got your columns that are very classical, but then everything else is, you know, 1930s. So we're in. We're in the, um, the the bar we're recording in is called Bank, but Bank bonk. with a bunk, Bank with a C rather yeah. than K. Um, a K. Yano in the corner there for Yano Man at some point. Yeah, that's right. When you kind of get a little bit, a few more drinks under you, can't oh, play for life with me. Oh, it's, pretty, it's a fancy spot. It um, it used to be. I remember as a kid coming in here to do banking, an actual bank. Yeah, it used yeah. to be a Westpac. Well, we've got the Bank of New South Wales. Yeah. So yeah. it would have been. Yeah. And and look, anyone who's Australian would actually recognise this building because it was around that same time. Obviously, what was it wasn't called Westpac back then? It was like the Bank of New South Wales. So you see the logo down there, BNSW. Cool. Um, they were putting all these around the, the country. So I, like, I know, I've, I've seen exactly the same building in Adelaide. And I think they kind of put them all over the shop within the capital. Same architecture. To, exactly the same, same architecture. architecture. The same way to it. It is a nice building. I like what they've done too. It. It's very nice. It's talking drinking. Oh, yes, okay. Um, I will check what I'm drinking because I wrote it down. I took a photograph of it. What about you?
0: I am drinking a Ed's Lager.
2: Oh,
1: that's from Noosa. From I've, Noosa, yeah. I've actually been at that brewery with my parents having a beer.
3: Okay. Well, there's
2: a They're Japanese style a stronger, that they do, which is Yeah,
0: great. It's, a, it's
1: an interesting drop. I might change it up a bit later. So I'm having a 2017 Ox Hardy Upper Tintara from the McLaren Vale. It's a bit of a Shiraz as a Diplomacy opening,
0: how is it? I actually posted... Oh, a, a diplomacy mid-game, how
1: was it? Oh, for? actually I posted it as, as an opening. Oh, okay, as an opening? Whilst I was waiting for you, I kind yep. of took a photo. Okay. Um, I think I over, uh, maybe, maybe it's just kind of getting on my palate now. I originally said it was a three supply centre opening, I think it's probably a, a very solid two. Okay, yep. Like maybe two is England, you know, so you've actually not just picked up Norway, but you've also negotiated, and you've negotiated successfully for maybe I know, Denmark Belgium. or Belgium. Belgium. Okay. What about you? Uh,
0: mine's not really to my taste. I, oh, yes. Yeah, no, mine, well, for me, mine's a lacklustre one build. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But it's still a build, you know. It's not, oh. yeah, it's not really rough But is it
1: like though. a really bad thing, like, you know, you're, you're France and all you picked up was one build?
0: Yeah, it's like you've been bounced out of a couple of supply centres you were expecting. Mm. Mm. That's where that's that that's that, that, that that's my expectation. That's um, quite all right. That's quite all right. Look, I have to have to jump in from our last episode. I have to, a bit of a culpa um, around Ukraine. I think we're having a discussion there, thinking that it was going to be a short sort of slice of pastrami off the side there. It's obviously turned into a much larger event,
1: but here's us talking like we know what the hell we were talking about. Well, you know, five yeah, minutes into the. I, I could I could kind of hear something so. like downstairs on the TV at the time we were recording, and I thought, oh, this sounds pretty serious, but obviously it was like literally it was it was Australian news. Like it massive have only just started invading a few hours earlier, and at the time all <laughs> we knew about, which was what was on the news, which was they were just moving to that Donbass yeah, region in right. the east. Yes,
2: yeah.
1: We obviously didn't clearly know when we were talking shit. That, you know, they were bobbing the crap out of everywhere and yeah, sending yeah. a 64 kilometre, you know, long, you know, corridor of tanks down the road to Ky- to Kyiv. Anyway, but that's on us. Yeah, but um, we'll have to talk a little bit later around <laughs> how Russia's playing <laughs> as a player. Let's,
0: um, hey, let's just jump straight into the interview. I think it's a great interview. Um, mm-hmm. It's with Kestis, um, who is the founder, essentially, of DIPL. Uh, a little bit of web diplomacy That's yes right. yes excellent go straight
1: into it Kestus, welcome back to the diplomacy games podcast wonderful to have
3: you on yeah wonderful good to be back
1: i was actually going back and realizing it's been a long while between drinks with you uh last time we caught up was about four years ago back in i think about episode 30 um, yes. a lot's happened since then.
3: Uh, yeah, and, congratulations uh, and and you know for keeping it going all this time, yeah, I love to dip in and um, you know often you guys are a really great source of information actually.
1: oh, thanks mate, right, thanks. um it, it's, I must admit we have been dropping the ball quite frequently lately though, so um, uh, hopefully, <laughs> Kainer and I will get to to talk about that uh, next time we catch up. Hopefully during the week. Mm. Um, but but people who were not dropping the ball is obviously the uh, the WebDip crew. So you've mm. been you know uh, an integral part of, of that for a long while. Both initially creating the code base that's used on um, basically any PHP platform. So WebDip obviously was is the main one, but you know vDip and there's a few others that are around as well that kind of have have um, you know forked that code or done something mm. with it. Um, yep. but you've been involved in many other bigger things so um look we've as we talked just before we kicked off we're really mm. keen just to find out you know what are the latest developments over at WebTip? um i mm. know that we we were trying to get JMO also on the show but uh, he's had unfortunately a few other things get in the way but mm. uh, maybe you could share with our listeners about some of the really great stuff that's been happening over there
3: yeah yeah i'd love to i mean um yeah, I'd also love to hear JMO's perspective on it because, um, you know, as much as I sort of want to be uh, part of the community as much as I can, um, you know, JMO is really kind of leading things uh, and sort of taking care of things on a day-to-day basis um, and Ambient as well. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as far as I can uh, speak about it, like um, I, I have kind of worked a lot on the sort of project with Facebook um, and uh, Meta and uh, basically... When I started off the website, um, one of the things that I kind of always thought was that, wow, this is such like a huge database. Like, imagine if you had kind of a whole database of chess games that had been played over a long period of time and all kind of the correspondence that that had been involved in it. You know, wouldn't that be a fantastic resource for kind of computer science and so on? Um, you know, I, I kind of, I've, I've always kind of regretted um, that I'm I'm unfortunately not as into diplomacy as I'd like, but I, I kind of come at it more from a computer science perspective and sort of, uh, and, and enjoying coding and enjoying the database side of things. Um, and so I sort of, um, you know, uh, when, when I kind of realized that this huge bank of data was growing, I always kind of had in the back of my mind, you know, this would be a great sort of source of research and, you know, um, something that people could really kind of, investigate and you know, find all kinds of interesting things about diplomacy and maybe kind of treat it like um, Google treated Go when they did AlphaGo or maybe treat it like um, IBM treated Chess when they did um, Deep Blue, something like that, you know, just um, kind of a cool source of information. And um, uh, we did get some, uh, you know, ever since about, say, 2000, we've had sort of odds and ends, sort of odd requests coming in every here and there from um, academic uh, people and so on who have said, you know, hey, can, you know, can we download this data? Um, you know, can we sort of have access to the moves data? Uh, you know that kind of thing. And we've always been sort of you know very like, yep, you know here's a uh, version of the database with just the moves. you know we know that people could ultimately people could just download the data if they wanted to by just requesting each web page on the server and sort of downloading all the data by kind of scraping the website. Um, You know, kind of like how bots sort of will search through pages and extract information. So there's really no harm in giving away publicly available information to academics as far as I'm concerned. Um, And so, but we didn't really hear much back from those sorts of projects. You know, we felt that they were just kind of academics kind of sniffing around, seeing if there was a project worth doing there. Um, But then around, um, gosh, I think, yeah, 2019, kind of late 2019, um, we got approached by... um, uh, Philip Paquette from um, the Montreal, in, uh, sorry, it's got a French acronym, so I'm, not, I'm not, not quite sure about the world, but it's, it's the Montreal, I think, Institute of AI, something like that. Um, MILA is, is the acronym, and um, Philip did absolutely fantastic work. Um, uh, and, and he was kind of the first person who said, you know, um, I think that we can make a bot that will actually play diplomacy on a textual basis with other people. And um, I found that really exciting. And, um, you know, he was happy to sign, you know, very, very strict NDAs that, you know, he couldn't disclose any information like he couldn't kind of just take the database and publish it, obviously. Um, But he just had to do sort of his own limited research on it. And um, we sort of, uh, well, we provided that data to him and um, he uh, was the first person to actually take the data and really do something with it. So unlike um, a lot of other people who just kind of requested the data, just kind of have a look and sort of see see what's what and see if there's a potential, um, Philip was the first person to really take it and really run with it. And um, he created this um, uh, sort of bot integration um, for web diplomacy whereby people can kind of talk directly to the server. So sort of a computer can talk to the server now and submit moves and, um, you know, download messages, uh, you know, of the chat that they're allowed to download and so on. Just basically kind of like, a web browser but for other computers other bots to kind of use and um, what that really enabled was um, uh, him to kind of write bots that could actually play uh, gunboat games sort of non-press games on the server and bots that were really really fantastic um, and uh, you know so he did all of his work and he got his paper published and um, I'm really really pleased that we you know for any part that we played in that um, very very smart guy. Um, But then anyway, Facebook uh, later came along and they basically said, um, you know, hey, we want to do the same. We want to kind of take Philip's work and continue it and sort of um, take it to the next level and do it with press games instead of non-press games. Um, And that was obviously an amazing opportunity. And um, also kind of the thing that you kind of been hearing around the campfire was that, you know, there was some uh, cash on the line and that, you know, they'd be willing to sort of invest to make this happen. And so, um, you know, WebDip has also been able to really sort of since uh, 2018, we've actually managed to get kind of a line of funding from this. That's not going to be forever, but it's, um, you know, for a hobby project, it's, you know, quite significant. And it's really kind of let us mean that we don't need to take donations. We know we're not going to need to run ads. We know we're not going to need to do any freemium stuff. Um, and uh, it's kind of supplied for the server costs and meant that we could expand the server and also let it kind of do some of the live redaction uh, stuff that it needs to do because when the uh, sort of when the bots talk to the server, um, they have to kind of, uh, you know, um, get a, they can't just kind of read the data as it is because it might contain personally identifiable information and Facebook has very strict rules about that so this whole redaction system. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> sorry, i kind of took your question and really ran with it there. Um, are you guys still there? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of... Uh, we
1: are still here, don't worry.
3: We haven't fallen asleep, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's been going great. It's been going really well. And, um, yeah, uh, very pleased with the uh, situation. We had a big boom during the COVID period, and now we're kind of over that boom. And so the numbers have kind of fallen since then. But, you know, uh, it always has its cycles and, you know, things are doing just fine. And um, I'm also kind of really interested to quiz you guys a little bit about um, diplomacy as well and what's kind of been happening there. Sure. I,
0: I, I guess the thing that jumps out at me is this, um, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a really big concern around um, the privacy, which is really great mm-hmm. to hear. Because um, that was, a, I mean, I suppose it's something that I've always kind of thought about when I'm interacting with the Internet and the Absolutely. importance of the anonymity side. Absolutely. Inside. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, and I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. Like, there's there's a massive treasure trove of um, data, particularly that 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 written communication followed up by action. Alongside that, and I can see, I could see the attraction from the mm. Facebook Meta um, kind of space. I'm really interested in. I'm not sure um, how, how that how that actual redaction. System works. How how does it go through and go? Oh, that's actually a name, or that's
3: that, that right, right. a real thing. Oh God, yeah. I could talk about this all day. I mean, um, that uh, yeah, it actually kind of kicked off a project um, uh, that I've kind of been working on. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to kind of publish the code, um, but I do intend to at some point. Um, and it's really uh, quite a quite a neat system. It sort of takes on uh, takes from the kind of academic um, natural language na- natural language processing or kind of NLP as it's called, um, and uh, kind of uses a lot of the sort of standard methods that that uses. Um, it, it kind of amounts to um, sort of frequency processing, like if some if some word comes up like all the time, then that's probably not going to be personally identifiable information. Um, you know, and so we kind of look on things on a frequency basis and also on a dictionary basis to kind of strip strip out anything that kind of seems weird. Um, and it basically kind of works on a whitelist approach. We also had a, a, um, a person sort of do a um, hundred games where they kind of went through and sort of redacted it by hand and kind of made sure there was no personally identifiable information in anything that kind of got approved. And that also kind of feeds into it um but yeah i'm looking forward to kind of publishing the code that actually does it um yeah i mean it's also worth bearing in mind by the way that you know it's not like um uh you know it's kind of someone's medical record or something like that it's obviously kind of a gaming website people are you know people aren't supposed to go on there and publish their social security number or whatever um however you know we have kind of um Know, gone through it and basically kind of whitelisted a bunch of words based on the frequency, based on whether or not they were human redacted. And that's kind of the um, info that we then send on. Um, but, but yeah, to, to, to go into exactly kind of how it works and how it kind of do, takes the frequency kind of element, like how common the word is and how sort of it takes the dictionary element, like which dictionary is it in? Is it in the English dictionary, the big dictionary, the Italian dictionary, the French dictionary? Um, you know, and how many typos is it away from one of those words? You know, is it two typos or three typos? That gets factored in. Um, But it's a very, very neat system, um, I think. And, um, yeah, ultimately, you know, privacy has changed a lot since when the website was founded. Like, these days, it's kind of, in the early web, it wasn't really kind of considered as much. And so, obviously, when we started it, unfortunately, we didn't have a privacy policy and whatnot. Um, And so it just wasn't kind of considered as much. But I've always kind of considered it that it's sort of, you know, we're not asking anyone to publish any any personally identifiable information and, you know, having done a whole bunch of redaction of, you know, the messages by hand and having someone else do it and looking at what's being redacted, you know, this, it's not sort of, people aren't posting, you know, their diaries into web diplomacy. Um, so it's, it's really kind of, there's not that much work to do, but just to be 100% safe, you know, we do have this whitelisting thing. And um, that's kind of given us a lot of confidence. And, um, yeah, the the error has always also been on the side of over-redaction rather than under-redaction. I'm sure it's kind of created some headaches for them while they're kind of working on their bots and all that kind of stuff. Um, But basically, um, every kind of word gets replaced with a number. So if it gets redacted, um, it gets replaced with kind of a numeric token that we try to make consistent across different batches of uh, data so that, you know, they can kind of see a token and that might be kind of someone's name or someone's kind of, you know, username or something like that. And we consider that personally identifiable information, you know, that's kind of debatable. Um, but, um, you know, we still re- redact that stuff and basically it just re- gets replaced with a number and we redact it because it's not sort of frequently said enough. Um, and it re- gets replaced with a number so that way they can kind of correlate it and they can treat it like kind of a token, but um, they don't know what it actually means. They can't tie it back to the game. Um, yeah. So but yeah, it's, it's very interesting space.
1: So kisses, can you talk a little bit more around how that language element is then, I suppose, interpreted at the at the you know the bot you know technical level, oh. and how that's actually then right. used and applied into you know what you're talking about?
3: I would love to be able to to, to be able to find out how the bot. <laughs> is it above
1: your is it above your pay grade, mate?
3: Absolutely, way above my pay grade. <laughs> Um, yeah, like unfortunately, like once once the data goes goes on their end, it's all been redacted. All the symbols are being replaced with numbers, and everything's kind of clean and sanitized. It's been checked over. Um, then, kind of all bets are off. I, and, and reading their some of their papers from Noam Brown and uh, Philip Paquette and, and these guys that kind of are, are using this data, it's absolutely incredible what they're doing. And unfortunately, I I don't understand it. I, 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 I yeah, I just don't. Um, I haven't really looked into it. And. Um, yeah <laughs> i i did computer science at kind of a master's degree level so we did some ai kind of some mid 2000s level ai but nothing like what they're doing these days with gpus or anything like that yeah. um yeah we just started kind of drone level ai with sort of agents and sort of yeah nothing quite this level but yeah it's very exciting and very so
1: excited. so so kind of putting aside the technology element then from a player's perspective what does this actually mean at, at a practical
3: level well i mean what it I I guess, like, I've actually never played against one of these bots. I've just kind of seen other people play. Like, I get instantly stomped. But I've just kind of seen others play and, you know, seen the results and seen that this thing's won a tournament, apparently. I'm not sure exactly. Um, And uh, it just means that people have a really good bot that they can play against. It's going to give them a good sort of gunboat game that they can practice their strategy against. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like... A huge number of our games these days are are games against the AI, so there's a lot of interest in it. And there's a lot of people um, uh, playing against the AIs and the bots and and having a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely kind of put a lot of load on the server. We actually have some locking issues. I think about this time last year where um, all of a sudden, like, the server sort of started locking up and sort of started having these really bad performance issues, and we weren't sure if it was, like, a sort of upgrade that we did or something like that. I know you're talking to VDip about how, you know, the code sort of needs to be maintained, and it's very true. So we weren't sure if this if this sort of sudden loss in performance, these sudden sort of errors that were frequently coming up, if, if they were, um, you know, were, were they kind of software updates? Was it a software issue or is it a hardware issue? Because we'd actually recently up, upgraded our hardware immensely from, like, a kind of older the server to a much more modern, much more kind of pricey and, and really nice server that could run a lot more capably um, to try and kind of just offset this. And it didn't work. Um, And it turned out that the reason was that these AI bots were kind of talking so frequently and they were submitting games all at the same time. And there was just kind of a lot of chatter that was generated as a result of these. So it's clear that people really enjoy them and people are really using it. Um, I do think that it's probably contributed to a loss in uh, real people games. Um, Just kind of looking at the stats, I think that's the case. Um, Facebook kind of recently, unfortunately, or Meta, uh, they wanted to kind of talk about... um, you know, how they'd taken this site on and how they'd added bots and how the numbers had grown hugely. Unfortunately for them, like because they came along right as COVID hit, right as COVID hit, we got a huge boost in numbers. And um, now we're sort of, COVID's kind of waning a, a bit. And, you know, we're kind of seeing a reduction in numbers back to what they were before. And so, you know, Facebook can't really tell that story, unfortunately. But I, that does mean that I've had a chance to look into the numbers. And um, yeah, I, I think that probably people are playing a lot of bot games, but not so many person to person games. But, you know, people are enjoying the bots and, and that's great. And I'm really uh, hopeful that we can come out with, uh, sorry, that they can come out with a, um, you know, a, uh, a language bot that can kind of talk and so on. I'm, I still think, like, it's got to be such a hard problem. Is it like the, the car problem where everyone sort of thought a few years ago, oh, we'll all be driving AI cars by now. Um, and then it turned out that, oh, no, it's a little bit more difficult than that. I don't know. But I'm really excited to see what they what they release.
1: I remember, the, um, I think, the time you're talking about about a year ago because Kane and I, I think, were um, in, in our Patreon feed. We were playing a few games against each other and then all of a sudden
3: it just <clears> went <throat> and just died. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that definitely could, sounds plausible. Yeah, like there was a whole bunch of problems and you'd sort of see all the error logs and so on because every kind of bug got locked. Um, every kind of error like that would get logged. And, um, yeah, it would be a bit disheartening to kind of see all those errors stacking up. No doubt kind of... Um, yeah, like dip when that kind of went down, or um, yeah, it's always like, Oh, god, what have I got to do now? What's happened? What's changed
1: quickly? As a side issue, you talked about like up having to upgrade the hardware and everything that 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 web dip runs mm. on. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that's interesting in itself. I mean, the fact that obviously there's just so much activity going on, whether it's human or bot related, mm. it's obviously causing that. Um, mm. So it, it, it's it's amazing yeah. that you you've kind of got to that stage where you where you need to do so. Um, look, I know that that generally a lot of the admins that that run uh, diplomacy sites maybe play it slightly different. Um, tend to be more for for the love of the game and you know mm. being able to do that was was you know you, right. know you having to upgrade was that something where you guys had to kind of go out to the community and say hey do you want to kind of chip in a few bucks or is it something that yourselves as the owners of the admins of the site kind of took it on yourself or how did that all work or was it even kind of i don't know part of part of your partnership that you talked about with meta
3: um well basically um from meta you know we've kind of got a line of credit that we're able to negotiate you know when we were talking with mila um kind of this academic institute you know um that you know cash never got involved but then kind of I kind of just heard on the grapevine and so on that, you know, like there was probably going to be some cash involved in this. And that, you know, obviously, if you have a chance to earn money from Facebook, you know, I don't see any reason not to take it. And uh, basically, what that's meant is that um, we've incorporated web diplomacy as a company just to kind of hold on to this line of credit. Um, and uh, that's meant that. Essentially, we've gone from being kind of driven by donations and so on, which we still uh, take and we still kind of hold in the same pool. And we're still, you know, very, very grateful for all of them um, and to everyone that donates. But it means that basically we no longer need to kind of, you know, when we want to do these things, when we want to expand the server or when the server kind of runs into capacity issues, we don't have to go tap in hand to the community. We don't have to badger anyone. And it's totally up to people to decide to donate of their own volition uh, for at least a very long time. Um, And that's a a real kind of a a real kind of peace of mind thing for me is that like V Diplomacy, for example, you know, um, they've had troubles recently. And if if I had known about it at the time, I would have kind of extended a hand to say, hey, do you want to kind of hop on our system? Because we obviously, you know, we can run whatever version of PHP you need and, you know, we we would be glad to support you. Um, And so, you know, that kind of flexibility, that financial flexibility that you're not constrained by being a hobby project and you actually can sort of make sort of more business-like decisions is a is a real benefit um so yeah i'm I'm very grateful to, to meta um for contributing to that and you know i think everyone who uses the service should be um uh as well as the people who donate of course and um Uh, Yeah, so what that's meant, though, on a practical level is that, you know, you kind of have to upgrade from one server to another eventually, you can't kind of be running on a server from 1998 for that long, even if you stay at the same price. We ultimately have a rental agreement with a a company called LeaseWeb, they're they're the people who uh, maintain our servers. And um, we first, I think, got a dedicated server in about 2008, that was just based on donations, Um, very generous people who decided, you, you know, they were happy to pay their share and more for, you know, their use of the server. And, um, but then uh, recently we kind of had to upgrade because that server was just getting old and stale. Um, and it was just time to upgrade, you know, like you have a PC from the, 20, uh, the 2000s and, you know, eventually you got to replace it. Um, and, uh, but it meant that when we could replace it, we were able to say, yep, let's get a two terabyte disk, let's get 64 gigs of RAM, let's really kind of, you know, give it a good, uh, good spec. And it turned out that that was, you know, quite essential for all of the new bots that have kind of been on the site and that are kind of very uh quite intense users of the site um yeah so it's worked out very well and you know it's, it's great to not kind of have that thing hanging over where you've got to kind of be always sort of like oh god you know how are we going to pay this how are we going to pay that at least we're safe for quite a, a few years coming going ahead
1: that's excellent because I mean, obviously that gives you a bit of continuity not only yourselves as the you know owners of the site um but obviously for the community itself. Um, I mean, the, the, the partnership with, with Facebook or Meta, as they're now technically called, I mm. remember seeing this actually through, I don't know how, but I mean, and um, we Cain and I did talk about this in, in a Patreon episode once. I think I kind of stumbled mm. upon seeing whether it was a, um, something that was put out to, you know, an actual tender or whatever like that. There was this, mm. you know, n- um, interest in, um, you know, acquiring a, you know, a, a partnership type of arrangement with somebody to to use oh, really? diplomacy. Yeah, I, I I don't know whether it was <laughs> maybe it was something else, um, but it was something where I kind of th- thought at the time. Look, um, Facebook and look, I'll, I'll be full disclosure. I'm technically my my real life name is on Facebook, and I think I have barely ever use it. You know what I mean? I think I last went <coughs> on it to, you know, post a holiday ten years ago. Um <laughs> yep. so I'm not I'm not a big um, Facebook person. Um, mm-hmm. and and I know well Mrs. amby my wife, tends to be on it all the bloody time. Um sure. I, I do think that obviously that Facebook obviously as a commercial entity with shareholders and a need to kind of, you know, drive <laughs> profit has a you know an actual real business reason obviously to work with yourselves or work with anybody oh. who's involved in this particular space to um, understand how people think how people apply now whether that's just purely um, you know to be able to you know port and create a, a game that they can offer whether it's through that platform or through something else <clears> or whether it's through a deeper analysis of, as you talked before, around that natural language, and then how people apply mm. and then how that actually affects their decision-making processes. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: what type of uh, conversations? And look, if you don't want to talk about, it, that's fine. I understand. But you know, no, no. but when when you kind of um, when yourselves and, and the core people within the web diplomacy community were, were having these conversations with with Facebook slash Meta, mm-hmm. were you kind of considering how the intellectual property, if I can kind of call it that that, mm-hmm. that WebDip actually owns as a result of its community, how it mm-hmm. could be applied in a you know a longer term commercial sense mm-hmm. by them by actually working with with Facebook.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean you know I was you know obviously you know when someone kind of comes to you looking for access to a database, you know a database is a very kind of valuable thing, a very important thing um that you know you you guard and um you know i've been more kind of keen to share more openly with academics because then there's kind of less question about commercial kind of ends and so on so it's definitely something i acknowledge that when you're working with any kind of commercial partner you've got to be sort of you know careful in considering okay well how are they going to be using this um certainly if kind of you know um i had north korea come to me and looking for this data um i sort of take uh you know a lot more kind of care and ask you know really what's going on here but with facebook to me it kind of fits the, the similar pattern that i've seen you know with and that you know um is you know out there with google and uh, ibm and um you know who knows before that uh where you know ibm sort of took on uh, playing chess you know why would ibm want to play chess is it because like they want to develop a supercomputer to take over the world Or is it because, you know, they kind of want to flex their muscles and say, we're IBM, you know, come to us with these big problems. Um, You know, there's probably uh, it's probably, you know, the latter. Like, I think that these companies just kind of want to, you know, they want to have an AI department and they want to kind of have the best people there. And they want to be sponsoring this kind of cutting edge research. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's diplomacy messages. It's kind of, you know, hey, you know, it's natural language processing it's you know it's it's kind of I feel like very sort of sanitized sort of speech between two people um again I don't play a lot of diplomacy if, if people really are kind of posting their diaries and their, their intimate sort of personal things in there um then you know that's definitely news to me um and I'm sure you know we can work on filtering that out but I I hope that's not the case. Uh, Certainly, it's not been the case in anything that's been human redacted or that's, you know, I've seen when I've been checking any of the outputs that's been redacted. So, um, you know, I think that these companies, you know, they're they're doing a huge service to the community by kind of giving us these funds that we can run our servers and we can, you know, they're sort of helping with a big development project um, to kind of bring it to mobile and to make it kind of point and click and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, by contributing to sort of computer science and also having live bots on our site, um, you know, we can achieve kind of all these ends. Um, I think it's a really uh, great thing. And if you read the papers that have kind of come out of it, those are really the deliverables. And, um, you know, it's it's just full of kind of computer science and um, neural networks and stuff like that. And maybe I just have a soft spot for it because I'm, I'm in computer science, but it, it's not really that commercially applicable immediately. It's kind of like particle physics. It's, you know, it's stuff that comes out of the Hadron Collider and out of, you know, the Webb Telescope. It's not stuff that, you know, you can immediately go, like, okay, now we can make a light bulb. But it's stuff that sort of just drives computer science at a high level, and um, I'm I'm really pleased that we, we we're a part of it.
1: I, I understand and I agree. It's not like all of a sudden if you've got the, you know, uh, 100,000... Games where you've got all the messages all of a sudden, Facebook can all of a sudden work out how to improve the way it you know, positions the ads, I don't know. Uh, it, it's yeah, probably yeah. more um, a, a building block, like you said, from going from something which is like from chess, which is like a two-player game strategic thing, through to a seven-player game that has its own different complex rules around mm-hmm. you know, communication and not only just communication, but, dare I say, the occasional, you know, deceptive activity Absolutely. as well, um, Absolutely. Which, and, which feeds and into you, things.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it has all, all kinds of interesting computer science um, sort of outcomes that you can think about. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. At. Like, I've been really kind of pleased that Philip Paquette has really kind of been the one that sort of started this ball rolling, um, and that he started with uh, Web Diplomacy, and um, Yeah, like I, I, I do think it's a, it's a, yeah, very positive thing. Um, um, yeah, sorry, I can't remember where where I was initially. No, that's cool, that's
1: cool. So, I mean, the other, the other thing that I remember, and it wasn't too far around the time that I, Kainra and I had the conversation around Facebook Mm -hmm. doing this activity was, I we happened to have noticed that. Uh, let's just say, a military organisation within the US government was similarly going out to try to better understand diplomacy and the way it works. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So would things be different if you were dealing with something like that as opposed to a commercial entity?
3: That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I kind of... smile when I say that because um, DARPA recently contacted us about um, sort of running a tournament on the website, not getting access to our messages but just kind of running a tournament So
1: I was vague but it was DARPA they they went out to the market around
3: (laughs) us, yes Interesting, yes, I mean, and and I wrote back to them, you know, as I wrote back to anyone who says hey, do you want to collab, do you want to do something you know, um, you know uh, if if they seem like a, a good sort of group in general and you know they seem like a trustworthy, reasonable sort of people then I'll you know give them the benefit of the doubt before sort of saying no um but at the same time you know we're just kind of doing things out a bit but is that sort of how how you'd see it as kind of collaborating with a because the way that they kind of pitched it was like hey we're DARPA and you know this is a DARPA project but we're a bunch of academic institutions and so on yeah it's interesting to think about like did it sound so like would it you Put yourself,
1: Kestis, in the shoes of a diplomacy player. So, um, somebody who kind of approaches you saying, Oh, we're an you know, yeah. we, we kind of have, you know, we may have we, we invented the internet. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of yeah. academics here and everything like that. How about yeah. we kind of work together? Is that something mm. where you kind of, as a diplomacy player, you go, Hmm, okay, you're going to screw me over sometime or you're going to use yeah. this for another purpose? And it may, look, it also, I suppose, it may be a totally different lens and um, if you provide you probably a level of confidence if it was say a obviously you're australian uh, you know obviously most of the people involved in in um, diplomacy uh, uh, within western countries we tend to share similar um, dare i say kind of political philosophies even if you know we might be different between left and right we generally believe in the concept of democracy and freedom and all those type of, yeah, great things. Um, but yep. it might be a totally different thing if you were kind of being approached, I assume, by maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe the Russian kind <laughs> of equivalent um, yeah. or something at, at, the, at the present stage. So I don't know I whether mean, it uh, would change that, that view of things.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it's very interesting. I mean, ultimately, I, I think the, the information, like we're not dealing with nuclear code here we're not dealing with people's diaries. We're not dealing with nuclear codes. We're dealing with people who are playing a, a game, who are sort of chatting with each other. Like, I really think that it is interesting how kind of, um, stuff develops from, you know, um, the bourgeois sort of particle physicists that Russia despised, you know, that were kind of working on, oh, particle physics, what a waste of time, um, in their laboratories in their bourgeois laboratories and so on. And that then that eventually went on to develop the nuclear bomb, um, you know, and then it became kind of less bourgeois and then the Russians kind of wanted to get them back and all this kind of thing. I think it's a similar sort of thing with, um, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, anything like this is going to develop into a nuclear weapon. But just that at the moment we're talking about particle physics. We're talking about kind of just, you know, very academic level stuff. And and there's kind of stuff about, you know, stuff that's totally non-militaristic and, Definitely, it's interesting that the DARPA is getting involved. I'm not giving a blank check to these people. I'm not saying, you know, yes, we're, we're going to get on board with this or anything like that. Like, we're just talking about this. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like um, this data is really, I find it hard to see like a real military application for a bunch of diplomacy messages like
1: I agree. Look, it's, it's not the type of thing all of a sudden that's going to allow you to kind of, you know, um, figuratively speak waltz into, yeah. you know, um, yeah. <laughs> Belgium. It would be very
3: cool. <laughs> like, I'd love to indulge that kind of fantasy, but, yeah. It, oh, yeah I think
1: the, the angle that's... I kind of saw it more from the point of view is, uh, again, if you were looking at natural language and how mm. people discuss certain things and then as a result of those conversations take certain actions, sometimes mm. those actions being you follow through with what you actually say, other mm. times being you don't quite follow through, other times being you definitely don't follow through. Mm. Um, and to what extent that could then be used for, um, I don't know, like, like let's say more a bot problem right. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is maybe, really- maybe not aimed internally within America, but it might be something to um, you know, aim at. Foreign powers, so to speak, within their social media mm. networks. I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, the yeah. Russians tend to get a lot of um, um, recognition to have like you know lots of bots going out there and trolling and spamming mm-hmm. different forums and right, and right, social right. media. I don't know whether it was more a case of developing up some of the intelligence to, you know, provide mm-hmm. a Counter Strike air quotes type of capability. And I'm, I might just be totally full of shit. I probably am. Um, no, no,
3: it, it's very interesting. Like, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, it's definitely kind of, you know, whenever someone has kind of a database of, of messages, they can, you know, it's very interesting kind of, you know, you have kind of bots to, and, and then you have kind of other bots that you use to sort of, like if you get a phone call from a scammer, for example, you can type it into a website, as I sometimes do, and then the scammer basically talks to a bot that kind of generates text and phrases and so on. Really? Um, you got to send me the yeah. URL, or
1: how are you going yeah, to do that? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very
3: <laughs> fun. You know? Yeah, it's just a fun little project. Um, but you know, but bots can be used for good. They can be used for evil. You know, I, I think bots can be used to generate spam messages that kind of try to sell you Viagra. Or bots can be used to play, you know, diplomacy on a website. And um, you know, the, de- definitely, you know, it's always a, a worry: is is this data going to be used for bad, or is it going to be used for good? Um, but I'm not worried about Facebook and bear in mind, by the way, that, you know, we're not really dealing. I I guess it doesn't matter. I'm sure that Facebook, if they wanted to, they could reach into this AI company. But we are actually dealing with an AI company that's a subsidiary of Facebook that technically is supposed to kind of have quite strict boundaries. And and Facebook has been burned in the past when they when they and Google as well, when they sort of, um, uh, you know, when someone accidentally, for example, rode around Berlin and accidentally um, apparently by accident, I don't know. Um, they kind of collected a bunch of people's Wi-Fi spots, you know, not really kind of private information, um, but apparently they collected a bunch of Wi-Fi spots and it became a big deal and they paid a big fine over it. So I think that these companies, they, they'd they be hesitant to breach these kind of boundaries. And we've had, we have legal NDAs with this company, um, Facebook AI Research, uh, it might be called M-A-I-A-I-R now, but, you know, Meta AI Research, whatever it is, it's, it's supposed to be a subsidiary. And, it, like, that's, you know, the, a Facebook subsidiary that's involved with AI research, that's quite a few steps removed from, you know, um, Russian bots and so on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not too worried about it. And, and we have strict NDAs in place. Everything that we send out is redacted. Um, and if people can kind of use this database to sort of make ads better, you know, for, for me, for one, you know, I'm not that opposed to, like, technologies that can give you better ads. I'm not saying that this at all this research at all is being used for that i you know i've only seen the papers that have come out about it that have been involved in natural language processing and so on um but let's say it was used to make ads better somehow they kind of distilled the diplomacy language into some bot that sold you something in an aggressive diplomatic way um it's kind of hard to that see That would be better. interesting <laughs> yeah it would be interesting i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to deal with that yeah. Um, why yeah, don't you but, want to cool. buy this you know this is excellent this is actually
1: really really <laughs> yeah, good yeah, for
3: yeah. you I'll kind of help an, it an out. aggressive sales pitch <laughs> A Zuckerberg AI or something mm, <laughs> might not work so well but yeah I mean suppose it did it did do that and it was effective you know for me I, I'd rather watch ads that I get on Facebook than ads that I get on the history channel because on the history channel I just see ads for funeral homes and you know stuff that doesn't really relate to me. Whereas on Facebook, I'll see ads for, you know, okay, it's a pain. I Googled something like last week and now it's showing me an ad for it constantly. But, you know, whatever they're trying to do, at least they're trying to be relevant. Um, and, like, I don't think that Facebook is a fundamentally evil organization. Like, and we're not selling to, um, to Russian <laughs> bots or whatever, you know, we're not kind of lending our data to any, uh, even academic institutes that are in Russia, certainly not today. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, it. it I, I think it's all right. And I, and I think that on the whole, you know, you've got to weigh the pros and the cons. And Absolutely. I think that, on you know, on the whole, it's been a very positive thing. And I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited that Facebook is supporting uh, computer science, AI researchers. And I think that what they're doing is is really cool
1: um before we kind of move off from some of the heaviest stuff i just want to double check kano did you want to go down any rabbit holes on on that angle we've just been talking about at all no you probably didn't hear my head
0: explode a couple of
3: times <laughs> 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 just, <laughs> 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 all right well i'm just gonna That's get <laughs> back. Right,
1: funny funny part is kestis what got me back into diplomacy because like i i played um, actually, I played uh, fuck. What was it called? Well, you'll remember Kana. It was it was the um, uh, the Renaissance variant, Machiavelli. Machiavelli. That was that was actually. I never actually played classic diplomacy. Um, this was back at, at university. I played Machiavelli because oh, the yeah. guy I knew at the time had that board. But basically, I could see later on. Um, back in, oh, it would have been about two thousand and seven when all of a sudden everyone decided to get onto Facebook, started being presented with these. You know, games we can play against other players, and it was it was diplomacy, and that was actually what got me back into the game after, oh fuck, you know, fifteen years or whatever like that. And the problem at the time was all these players would kind of go into civil disorder as soon as the game started, so it wasn't really really enjoyable. So. But, yes, it was interesting. And then actually from there it got into then WebDip and then on to, you know, OliDip, which was became VDip and things like that. So, well. Yeah,
3: I mean, one thing I'm interested in is um, do you think that, like, it really – how much does it help if, like, an, a, a civil disorder player is taken over by an AI? Like, is that sort of just the same? Does it still ruin the game or um? – I think I'd prefer an AI to take over a civil disorder position to a human. Right. Okay. Um, you, you know, I, I mean,
0: mean – Probably not the same. It's not the same, but I, I think
2: that.
0: Oh, but then, but then I, f- I flip it on its head and think, oh yeah, no, I actually prefer a human over a bot. Mm. I, I think it might, it might depend. I think in a in a gunboat situation, I think mm. I prefer a bot to take it over. But in a full press or partial press, yeah, 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 you'd,
1: yeah, yeah. Right, you need to have some of that um, real natural language smarts to have evolved so that you could have a communication with a bot player who's taking yeah. over a position for it to be worthwhile outside of a gunboat environment i would have thought
3: yeah i can't imagine what they're coming up with in, in these kind of um in this thing like if it's just going to flop or not because it just sounds so impressive and so kind of implausible to me that you could possibly kind of trick someone on the other end of a keyboard you know into thinking that you're a human and that you're kind of negotiating with them and it seems like an incredible feat. Like, I'll be I'll be stunned if they pulled it off. But then again, I was stunned when they beat Go. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Like, apparently, they're quite close to finalizing it. Um, but I just can't imagine sort of talking to a bot and not realizing that I'm talking with a bot and not kind of trying to play with it. And, yeah. Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, whether you figure out you're talking
0: to Siri or the equivalent kind of thing. Right, yeah,
3: they're not that yeah. smart, are they? <laughs> uh, I, very certainly. Like,
1: Sorry, Kana, You want to say something?
0: No, I imagine interesting conversations about you mm. know you, you're trying to discuss you know the the, the merits of a lowland invasion of Belgium, uh, and mm. you know then the the, the the topic just gets changed to talking about St Petersburg randomly, and you're like, well, right. what's here, why? Uh, yeah, why? Yeah, I agree with you. It would be an amazing feat
3: to pull it off and pull it yeah. off. well. Um, I mean, they do some amazing stuff these days, but. You know, I'm just – I've got my fingers crossed for them. I really do, but, um yeah, time will tell.
1: <laughs> I think my my response to that question, Kessis, again, if it was a gunboat game, I think yes, absolutely. And the reason mm-hmm. I would say that is – well, first off, you'd probably allow for, I don't know, a, a, a window of time, 24 hours, let's mm-hmm. say, within a yeah, certain yeah. to actually fill it with a real person. Yeah. That being said, most times, not all times – that a, a, a civil disorder position occurs it tends to be players that are in a shit position and they go oh mm-hmm. I'm not going to play you know what I mean right unless right. of course it's someone like me who just kind of fucks up and forgets to put in orders mm-hmm. um, in which case then it actually probably helps having a bot who is can draw upon you know this history of all these different games and generally as you said you know play a lot better the fact that you know it can win a tournament Um, Mm. says to me that that would be the type of thing you'd probably want to inject into a game to actually make it still challenging rather than have somebody come in and just, you know, fold shortly later. Not because they're a Mm. bad player, it's just because they're in a shitty position most times and they really can't kind of get out of that, particularly if it's in a gunboat game and you can't communicate and try to
3: influence people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm interested to kind of know what the parallels would be with the old game. Like, if, if, like, in an old game, you could sort of assume that, okay, once I kind of cut someone off, once they once they know they're, once they know they're know they dead, um, you know, that you can rely on them leaving and then you can kind of cannibalize them really quickly. Um, I don't know if that's any different to like the expectation today where, okay, you sort of have someone cornered, they leave, and then they get taken over by a bot who will fight to the bitter end. I don't even know if the AI is effective at that sort of kind of last mm. end of the game strategy. Um, but yeah, like I'd, I'd kind of, based my preference on whatever the historic whatever kind of the the precedent is that's always kind of been the datc approach and i think that's sensible
1: so um one thing Kane and i did as i said i think we started talking about it one stage earlier in the interview we were playing a few um you know games against the bots at web dip in in our patreon feed where we were testing mm-hmm. out alliance combinations mm-hmm. where if you were in a situation where you have look. We all know a diplomacy. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as you know an unbreakable alliance because sure. it effectively is meta gaming. Uh, right. But hypothetically, if you were in a situation like that, how successful were certain alliance mm. combinations? Right.
2: Now, one
1: thing we what found. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. One thing we found, um, and look, Kana, please drop in if you've had a different impression. Was the bots were really fucking hard. You know what okay. I mean? Like they were really quite smart. And these were games that were, you know, probably we were playing, you know, a year, maybe year and a half ago. Um, yes, and, and maybe the tech's kind of in, the tech has even improved further with, AI, with the uh, AI. Um, but the challenge, I, f- I think, at the time was like it, it, these. Sometimes the bot was just too good. And I know playing the bot, <laughs> if I was just playing the bot, just myself. Maybe it's just because I'm a shit player. Um, you know, often I'll just get wiped out. Um, right. Has is there been any progress or thinking around, you know, almost being able to, if like, if you, if someone wants to play an AI game over in Web Dip, to say, right. look, you know, you know, bring it on, give me, yeah. the, give me the worst that you got or the best yeah. that you've got, versus something which is like almost like you can dial it down the level yeah. of competency of the bot.
3: Yeah. No, I've got to say there's been zero thought towards that, but that's a great idea. Um, I would certainly appreciate that a hell of a lot because, yeah, I'm also not a very good diplomacy player, and it would be great to kind of you know, get myself used to it in a way that is less embarrassing. I mean, um, yeah, I, I think it's a very good idea. I'll have to bring that up when I next speak to um, the AI guy, how he dumbed down his AI. I mean, I can tell you it'll be a very interesting question for him too because I'm sure he will not have thought of that. <laughs> like, how do I... <laughs> Down, that's not at all what he's thinking on a day-to-day basis. Well, I think he's thinking the, how do I make it smarter? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, because
1: one of the things, of course, that 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 often I mean, we've talked about this as well on the show, and, and I've I've seen other people talk about this as well, is you know, the mm-hmm. bot's a great place to go to learn tactics and to learn how right. to play the game. And I'm kind of thinking if you're a, if you literally are a new player to diplomacy. Um, the, probably the last thing you want to do is just get smashed by and and, and removed yeah. from the game by 1902. Yeah. Um, whether yeah, there's that, you know that ability to kind of just be taken you know again dial it down a bit so that you can kind of learn a little bit and maybe the AI fucks up occasion. Sorry, it doesn't play as well <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Um. So that you can kind of build up your skills and your competencies and just progress a little bit more. I
2: don't yeah, know. That's- I'll,
3: I'll definitely pitch that to Gnome um, um, at, at uh, Meta next time I uh, chat to him, because um, I'd, I'd also be interested like how he'd do that from a tech perspective, like whether, for example, you can just kind of cut the time that the computer has and sort of be like, okay, you have this much time instead of that much time, or if you actually have to kind of make code changes or limit the database. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'll have to, I'll definitely have, um, investigate that. And, and I think that that would be quite important as well, because, you know, no one wants to, you know, play chess against, you know, the, the toughest AI all the time. Because um, the toughest chess AI these days is, is superhuman. And um, apparently, Gunboat is a, it, they say it's superhuman. I, I don't actually know if that's verified yet. Um, but yeah, apparently it's pretty good. Yeah, you could rate them, you know. Um, you know, the best is the diplomat and the the,
0: the, the entry level is the um the intern kind of mm. somewhere in between yeah
3: yeah yeah
0: you know you can you can rate you yeah. how good you are at playing the um at, yeah. at playing the, the game and, and find a bot to suit yeah that'd
2: I,
3: be
0: I, I imagine with all this um this stuff going on with meta and uh with facebook and all this partnership and all this stuff going on in the background and in sort of the front end because there's stuff going on in the in the forum that the, the, the mod team and the dev team is keeping pretty busy over at WebDip.
3: Um, Well, we have, like Facebook have actually hired um, coders in to kind of try and um, develop a new map sort of thing. Um, the idea is that it's going to be a point and click map. It's going to be SVG-based. And um, we're definitely going to see something come out of it, but I'm not sure exactly what yet. Um, so, yeah, people are working on the code at the moment. But unfortunately... Um, the actual kind of dev and um, mod community, which, you know, is pretty much uh, JMO and Tuan, uh, me and Aurelin, um at the moment, as far as I understand, as well as Bo and um, a, a bunch of other very important people um, are kind of quite limited in time at the moment. So it is a bit of a, a struggle. Like I'm hearing from JMO that, um, uh, you know, he's having trouble kind of keeping numbers up. Like, apparently, you know, um, when I look at the numbers, like, it was clear that 2020 was a bit of a boom year because of COVID and, you know, things have kind of settled down a bit. And so whenever there's sort of a settling down, people kind of fall out and, you know, people, um, or not fall out, but, you know, fall out of place and, um, you know, need to go back to work and so on. Um, so, you know, that's all just part of the cycle. But um, at the moment, sort of things are a little bit tight in terms of mods and so on. Um, Yeah. But you know it, that's why it's so great to kind of have a, a steady sort of line of credit and a steady kind of way to carry things on, and um,
0: yeah, yeah. Will will, will the updated um, SVG base be um, open sourced? Will
3: it be kept open? Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't contribute to the to, to WebDIP unless it's open source. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't
0: have it any other way. Great to
1: hear it. Um, JMO, one I think the last time that you were on the show, you, you mentioned that you don't play a, a huge amount. and you, you talked a little bit about playing recently. Kestis. Kestis. Oh, fuck, Kestis, fuck. Sorry. You know, that was, that was the other thing I was actually going to ask a question about was you talked about mm-hmm. JMO, And one of the things we have on the show is this this, um, uh, segment called What the Doctor Recommended, where we end up kind of mispronouncing everybody's name. So it's good (laughs) to know that um, obviously it is JMO, but we always call him JMO. Oh, Uh, oh,
3: no, 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 no. I'm sure it's JMO. Sorry, sorry, sorry JMO. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sure it is JMO. I apologise. I I know I'm as, yeah, as is... Name that I'm sure everyone knows. That's okay, and um, you know, I just fucked up by calling you
1: JMO instead of Kestus. So sorry about that, um, because obviously we were just talking about that. Hey. But yeah, last time you were on the show, Kestus, um, you, you did say you, have, you don't play a huge amount, obviously because you're, I suppose you're more down and deep into into the, like the code and how everything all works. Have you in, in the last four years since we you know caught up? Have you have you played much at all?
3: Unfortunately not. Like it's one of those things, you know, like learning a language or something like that, that you wish you had time for, but you just never do. Um, Yeah, I've just never been drawn to it. And um, I've always kind of enjoyed more kind of the database side of things like um, the even the natural languaging um, sort of process of, of the, you know, the redaction system that kind of had to take the messages out of the database and process them. It's like a six-hour-long process to take, you know, the um, I think it's seven million or so messages and, and run them all through a spell-checking system and process them and so on. Like I find that stuff really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like just like with kind of learning other languages, I've just never kind of been that sort of driven to to get good at diplomacy, um, which is a shame for me. But um, so be what can
1: you do <laughs> now? Because uh, last time, last time you were on the show, you talked about how you don't like playing Turkey. So I was interested if, <laughs> if, if things had moved on, if you'd actually played a few <laughs> games. Because we tend to uh, vacillate between nut. which countries we like playing, what countries we don't like right. playing, and I didn't know if that right. had changed.
3: <laughs> no, unfortunately, um, no, no progress. I wish. <laughs>
1: That's cool. Um, look, the other thing that we're going totally a little bit different, yeah. Um, the whole situation, COVID wise you know, everything you talked about. Mm-hmm. How all of a sudden, you know, WebDip had this massive um, boom in 2020 mm-hmm. with with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. You're in WA, so for our overseas audience, for in Western Australia, which has taken things very, very differently compared to the rest mm-hmm. of the date. Oh, sorry, rest of yeah. the country. Um, have you been? I mean, assuming if you haven't been playing much online, you probably haven't been doing any face to face or anything like that, because. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Australians mm-hmm. tend to be in this little bubble for a very, very, very long time with COVID. And yeah. <laughs> yes. that, that's. I assume that's the case. You haven't played anything face to face or anything along those lines.
3: I've. Um. The last time I played something face to face was um, with my dad at Christmas in 2003. <laughs> um, when I kind of first got the idea that this would make a great website. Um. So yeah, no face to face games since then. Unfortunately, uh, I'm. I'm not uh, good enough at the game to even consider embarrassing myself in a face-to-face tournament. And I'm sure our governor would not even think consider it
1: as WA. <laughs> sorry, when you say governor, you mean your premier, but you're putting it into American oh, context. Oh, yeah,
2: premier, sorry. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Quite all right. And hey, look, talking about that, that last time you played in 2003 with, with your dad, who else was playing?
3: Oh my mum, my sister. I was Germany. I got slaughtered. <laughs> I thought I'd I thought I'd be Hitler and t- try to take on Russia. It didn't work out. <laughs> oh
1: mate, mate! Yeah. I, I try that all the time. and It never works out.
3: It never works out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so. They told me all I need to know about how I can play. It. Yeah, diplomacy.
1: <laughs> so actually, this is a really interesting thing you you t- touched on back in 2003. You thought, oh, this would be really good as as uh, an actual. It's a computer mm. game, mm. what actually caused you to think and take that idea and then actually run with it? What was the motivation at the time?
3: Um, well, at the time I was kind of going to my gap here in uni and I just kind of ha- – I, I have a kind of drive to code. And um, at the time, like when you go into uni, it was all kind of just toy problems, or sort of like, you know, make a piece of code that does something silly and then put it in the bin. And um, I just kind of felt drawn to make something that people would really use and that was kind of interesting and um, that got tested by users more. And, um, yeah, I I just thought that, like, my dad was kind of talking about this game, you know, he had stars in his eyes, you know, how great this game was. And, um, you know, I could see, like, that it was a fun game. But he was talking about, like, how it was so hard to play these days because, you know, you couldn't get people together and this, that, the other. And um, I just remember at the time it was like yeah, you know, that would be a good website because then people just log on and do their diplomacy there and then kind of leave when they want to. And I was just kind of getting into the web at the time and, yeah, just kind of in the right place at the right time, I guess.
1: Do you know if your father still plays at all or has he played since then?
0: Does he use web um,
3: <laughs> Does he play web dip? Um, he's played a couple of times with me. Like, um, you know, I kind of dragged him into a game or two um you know he's meant to play he's wanted to play but ultimately he used to play with his uni buddies like way way back in the day and i'm sure you know they've moved on and my dad's also a a busy guy so um no i'm afraid not (laughs) but um you know he he definitely is very interested in the project and kind of is always excited to hear about the latest news
1: yeah i was gonna ask so what what does he think around what you've done and with with the game
3: yeah, yeah, he's he's um very interested in it. You know, it's, it's it's just a hobby for me, so you know, it's not kind of a, a major thing. But um, you know, it's, it's yeah, he's, he's he's definitely in approval of it and thinks it's a very good thing. Um, but he's not a web guy. He's kind of um, yeah, he, he's not really into into the web that much. So you know, <laughs> it's not really for him. And I feel like he kind of was more of an old school kind of pencil and paper sort of posting on the on the you know, uh, on the court-forward sort of thing, kind of player. And, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he, he, he
1: likes it. You should you should let him know that there's a, a tournament in Melbourne um, in about a month's – well, less than yeah. a month's time for uh, right. Anzac Day. So.
3: <laughs> I know that he's a, he's a lot better than me. Uh, I'm, I'm sure of that at least. So I'd be interested to see how he kind of weighs up. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. I'll, I'll challenge him. I'll, I'll see what he says. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
1: I think I think. Well, we, we've been talking about going, so I mean, I, I, I intend to. I don't know if Kana does, but uh, mm. anyway. Cool. Uh, Kana, is there anything that uh, you wanted to ask that we haven't touched on?
0: No, I, I thank you so much for your time, Kester. So mm. I really appreciate you spending well Perfect. the last hour talking to us. It's been like I've learned so much, and it's so I I, I, I just. Think about, you know, how far a little hobby of yours mm. brought up in 2003 has taken you. I mean, you were in, just doing non-disclosure agreements with Facebook, for God's sake. Right. Stuff, I
3: think. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that I'm so glad to hear about, like, when when I heard your last interview, um, a couple of inter- interviews ago with Toby, hearing about, like, how he got into WebDip and then he kind of got into coding or, like, there was some association with, like, getting into WebDip and getting into coding which um, I think JMO had it a little bit as well, like he got into coding a little bit, or at least PHP coding because he was into WebDip. Like that's just so fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a, a great thing. Um, Also, and uh, Philip Paquette, you know, how he's really like, I, I feel like we helped him get his um, PhD and that's a really important thing. Um, And uh, yeah, so, and and yeah, thanks to everyone who else run the site. and. Um,
1: Awesome. Um, Kestis, thank you so much for your time. Um, I I agree with with Kana. It's been an enlightening, um, mind-blowing type of um, interview with you today. Um, So thank you very much for sharing with the community. Great to have you on. Hopefully we'll have you on again in uh, a little bit faster than four years. You bet.
3: All right.
2: See you later. We're
1: back.
0: Cheers. I really enjoyed that interview um, for a number of reasons, actually. Uh, not least if we were talking to another Aussie.
1: Yes, yes. It's odd when you kind of talk to someone from Western Australia because we tend to think of them as being a little bit different because of the whole COVID situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But it's very much a very much an Aussie. Very much. Look, um,
0: I, I just had no real idea all of that stuff that goes on in the AI space how complex and just really it's like it's like listening or talking or having a conversation in another language but you understand that language but you're not you're grasping and the outline of what's being said but you're not really to dig any deeper than what was being spoken about you just totally lost me in the woods so I'm not I brilliant. guess
1: probably the analogy would be you've spent six months maybe 12 months learning a language on Duolingo you happen to go to the country talk to the locals and clearly you work out very quickly that they're talking really really fast and they're using words and phrase structures and things <laughs> that you go, I've got no idea what the fuck's going on. I thought I actually did a really good job getting to this point of time. And you can maybe, you can maybe communicate what you're thinking to somebody, but you may not actually understand everything they're saying back to you. Yes. Yes. Um, That's the wonderful world
2: of AI and how, yeah. it, how it's used <laughs> in Um I, I have to.
0: Oh no, I guess I guess I think for going in, um, making sure that you know that they're going through de-identifying all of that stuff. Yep, I think that offers an elemental of, um, assurance to everyone um, on that website. Yep. Um, so yeah, God knows what sort of pro like how much programming goes into that natural language recognition stuff. Mm. Um, but I'm sure that it's uh, in and of itself. It's a Big body of work, um, yeah. And uh, I've got a, you know, I work with a guy who is really into that computer AI scripting and database stuff, and oh, yeah. all of those things. And just having that conversation around databases and how valuable they are, by virtue of depth and breadth and length of that information yeah i mean it's, it's, a, it's a massive resource that's available uh, and it's working out how to kind of use it yep. and how it's going to come out um yeah so I, i'm really excited to see what comes out of you know with the meta subsidiary hmm. in that space you know what, what what's the outcome of this project is going to be.
1: And, you know, you had the added bonus also of actually being paid to participate, you know, obviously depending on how things went tournament-wise, to that's not the usual thing that happens in the diplomacy world. You usually fork out money to go from one end of the country to the other yeah. to go to a ta- I mean, obviously a face-to-face tournament, but, you know, a virtual thing. You do have
0: to be a US citizen.
1: But, you know... Oh, was that diplomacy. part of the deal, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I looked at that. it up. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, so you were looking at participating.
0: I, I looked into it when we when, were, it was, yeah. when we were looking at this interview, yeah. Um, excellent question about beginner intermediate and advanced pots. I think that would add a really interesting I'd be interested to hear um, back from the diploma, web diplomacy guys, you know, what the outcome of that conversation is or if it can be done or That's going to
1: go. I would have thought so. I mean, it's kind of, if anything, a lot of the difficulty of. (laughs) Here we are talking like we know anything about artificial intelligence. (laughs) I would have thought a lot of the difficulty is how do you make the thing smarter? It should be relatively easier to dial it down to make it not as smart, not as hard.
0: Yeah, but then there was a. How do you do that? Right? So you got. You know, is it a matter of shortening the amount of processing time that's allowed yep. to make a decision or is it about uh, restricting the amount of the database it's allowed to look for so the time stays the same yeah I mean it was interesting well, there we'll are two, come, two solutions yep. I, I don't know so we we'll
1: come down a little bit also to Facebook slash Meta around what they're, what they're hoping to get out of the deal like yep. if part of this is all around I don't know creating a some intellectual property to, you know, for people to be able to play a robot or whatever like that, then I would have thought again, like, much the same way I asked the question to Kestis, like, you don't want somebody coming in new into a game and just getting their ass absolutely wiped off the floor, Mm. you know, you want to be able to build people up into what they need to do. That's how most computer games work. You sort
0: of start off on an easy mode and yeah, exactly. To normal and then hard and then insane and godlike. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think
2: yeah,
0: it is interesting. Like, I mean, what is Facebook
1: going to use it for? You know, I don't know. I do feel because of the the language component, but obviously that's not part of the current gaming product, yep. that either it needs to kind of, again from a Facebook point of view, how do you actually make this more valuable than what you've currently got that's already been developed with the, the that Montreal AI yes. Institute, uh, Mila. How do you either make that more valuable by having the ability to have the robot, to be able to converse with the robots? Yeah. Okay? That's one option. The other option, as we said before, is how I mean, could Facebook use it more from the point of view of understanding the relationship between uh, communication and messaging, and actions and relationships? Yes. either in such a way to um better understand people's motivations and what they're likely to do or a commercial profit at their end you know such as whether it's selling advertising or selling other some other type of product or, or some other way of doing things
2: yep
1: or is it flipped the other way which i think like i got to it towards the end of the interview which is they could use it as a, a vehicle so, so some people would say that second option is, is you know, the evil because of, of a capitalist mode of motivation. But the, the third yeah. option is it's for it's good, air quotes, which is around um, being able to understand patterns of the way people are speaking and whatever like that as being somebody that would actually be, like for example, if you imagine a, a Facebook group where people are going off about whatever they want to go off about. You know, everyone's bitching complaining about something. Right you may find by using that AI artificial intelligence to understand the way real people speak, respond, act, lie, etc. As a way to spot trolls. As a way of being able to spot trolls to uh, you know, either real trolls or robotic trolls in the sense that robotic trolls maybe aren't as human in what they're doing. So you're using it almost like a robot to understand if somebody else is a robot pretending to be a human, so you can get rid of them. And
0: what if the human's a very procedural thinker And the of methodological, methodological oh, yeah. procedural person? Yeah. You know, you would have to flag, it would have to be like a flagging system, like a, you know, so it,
1: it's
0: early detection. And then it goes to the next section,
1: and then it gets back oh, yeah, exactly. to look at. I, I think you're right. It's like yeah. a um, um, it's, it's an automated solution to be able to identify some possible dodgy behaviour. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, and, and that's not going to pick up everything, but it may kind of better utilise their resources. If, if, for example, they were around, how do we how do they want to proactively you know get rid of trolls and you yeah. Know, Particularly now, we you know, we talked about at the very beginning of the show about Ukraine and Russia and whatever. You know, there may be an increasing desire from like Facebook or Meta and any of these other large companies around how do we how do we get rid of nefarious behaviour from foreign actors yeah. into our networks and our systems and amongst our communities. And as a byproduct, we've got a good game. Yeah, with that's right. Robots that can, can communicate, you know, whatever it happens to be. <laughs> but look, it was a, a fantastic conversation with Kestis. I really enjoyed it. Um, and and look, it was it was a, it was um, unfortunate that time wise, Jmo or Jmo um, wasn't able to, to join us more from the web dip side of things about everything else. Well, but I think it is Jmo. I think oh, I thought it was Jmo too. Well, we've interviewed him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it would be maybe good at in, even maybe I don't know a, a little bit further down the track having someone like JMO and maybe also was it Philippe Pro, was it Philippe uh, who was the oh, guy from who was the project leader at Mila.
0: Two of them. Uh, there are, uh, there anyway. was Philippe Philip Crackett, mm-hmm. and the other name that came up was Noam Brown be interesting to Oh right. there we go. So maybe that's
1: to. maybe that's worth talking to at the guest station in station future. So um, thank you very much Kestis and um, yeah it was it was great. A blast with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely I
0: hope you guys did too like I know I got
1: a lot out of it. Yep. yep. So whilst we're still talking web dip, just before I mean maybe we'll just kind of do a tease and then we'll go grab some drinks. Because well last episode we did a bit of a what's the doctor recommended for play dip what's yeah. it the doctor for sorry and for listeners who don't normally come and listen to our podcast, this is a recommendation from a player called Doctor Recommended that, in our silly Australian accents, apparently they're silly. Um, we should be too. reading out like the top whatever number of players um, on a particular diplomacy server. So last time round we did we did play it. What was it? What was the top twenty? of played it. I think it was twenty or twenty five. So we should aim for about the same. But so let's go to I reckon, the top
2: do you want to do that first, and then
1: we'll go do drinks, or yeah, do drinks Yeah, let's do that. Too? Then go and. Yeah, because I've got it up here. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Let us do that. So. so we're going to do the top 25. Now, is this the, on which which basis is this one? This is active. Active, so last six months, all time points. This is not the ghost rating. So that might be for another day. Yeah, another we could time. do a ghost
0: ratings at a different
1: day. So, so start at 25. 25 going up. Um, QR, QR <laughs> thanks for that one, for making that one. QRZY. <laughs> um,
0: so that's starting at five thousand six. 62, 62 points. How many points have you
1: got at the bottom? What? Oh,
0: I'm way down. You've got out 351 of... points. Yeah, I'm <laughs> well out of it. Um, 24. 24 is Gook.
1: 23 is Michigan Man. 22, Quarry Man. A lot of, lot of men here. Um, 21 is Bosox 48. I remember Bosox used to be over at VDIP. I haven't seen him in ages over there. Like five, seven, eight Bos- years ago.
0: No, you are thinking about Butterhead.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Both of them. I don't both both of is never it.
1: Yes. I thought he was. was he? No, he might have been. Butterhead just popped up again recently. Yeah, he's And made, then disappeared yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure.
0: Um, 20 is and Amwibkul. Cool. Amwibkul, cool. Am-Wib- cool, yeah. 19
1: is Sweetwater Sand.
0: 18 is Balky. Bartokomis. I reckon it would be bulky. Actually, maybe
1: maybe this was before your time. There was like this awkward comedy, TV comedy show in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. A bit
0: before my time, probably.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like just after the fall of the Soviet Union. And I can't remember what the fuck the show was called. But basically it was like this, uh, this American guy that all the time had this... I don't know whether it was like a cousin or he just needed a roommate and it's just like this weird Russian guy or probably quite inappropriate at the moment someone from sorry maybe it wasn't Russian maybe it was just East Western European Eastern front Eastern block yeah, yep. who kind of just turned up and his name was
0: Bulky Bulky okay oh, yeah, Bulky Bulky buck on it but. and
1: if you can remember what the name of the show was please let me know um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it but as with all TV in the 90s we thought it was good at the time
2: alright
1: <laughs> uh, um, your one 17 oh is it 17 um, Salmanessa Sixteen, village idiot. Ah, uh, village idiot. Number fifteen, um, Maitu. Maitu. M a e t
0: t u u. Yeah, is that like that "ah" sound in Scandinavia,
1: like Maitu? Um, Sounds more French, but anyway. Fourteen is Andlari. Thirteen is C Steinhardt. Twelve is Theo Ian Dolly. Theo Theo Ian Dolly. Or. The one and only. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nine, 11 is C.H. Luke or maybe Chaluke. Chaluke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe. Anyway, okay, 10 is Genghis.
1: 9 is El Maestro. 8 is Swordsman 3003. Another well-known player. Oh, talking about well-known players, number seven, Peter Wigan. Six is Dagab Zero. Dagabs. He's been around a while as well. Mm. Um, actually, this is interesting. Because this is the all-time list, you're getting lots of this active last players six who've been playing the last six months. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Number five, Nicola Maric Eto, another great player. Four uh, is Zorzi's. Oh, by the way, not the fact that we're not mentioning other people being great, but... People who've got a reputation, at least we're aware of. we aware of, Number yeah. three, Jose Merck. Anyone
0: on this list is pretty damn good play, honestly. Oh, they would
1: fucking whip our ass within two fair. seconds flat, Kane. Um
0: Number two is... It's actually Barn 3 TT, but I read that as Barnett. I read that as Barnett, too. Yep. And number one is the Czech. Booyah. Let's do the top five from all time, if there's any change. So at number five is Jose Merck. Number four, Mad
1: Marks. Number three is Barnett. Number two, the Czech. And Split Diplomat. Number one, but what a massive one. difference, like a, over 60,000 yes. points difference. It's almost like he's, he or she's won all this in. massive, all-in, biggest game ever, yeah. and then just gone, my work here is done, I'm looking away, I'm number one, <laughs> <everyone." laughs> Never
0: gonna happen again, yeah. Oh, okay, well, oh, there we go. Well, I think it's time for a drink, so. Excellent. Hope Listen. you enjoyed that, folks, back in a tick.
1: Hey, and back. we're back. Cheers. 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 Now this oh, should oh. actually be our mid-game sponsors, because we both changed drinks. Oh, did we?
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, mid-game.
1: Um, so you're now on a Two Birds Pale Ale. Okay. Bitter. Okay. That, that, that's
0: actually a nicer um, drop. For me, that is recovering from a disastrous opening. To su- find yourself with a surprising, um, a surprisingly willing alloy against an, a larger belligerent. That's
1: it. not too dissimilar yeah. to mine. Okay. Yep.
0: Yours? That, what are you? What are you drinking?
1: So now I've moved on to from the Rhone Valley in France a Montredon de mm-hmm. Rhone, a Reserve Rouge Grenache. Syrah Montvoudier for GSM. <laughs> say that fast. Uh, Montvoudier. <laughs> no, the whole thing. <laughs> Grenache Syrah Montvoudier. <laughs> It'll be Syrah because it's from France. Okay, yeah. Colder climate. Exactly the same grape yep. as what we have in Australia with Shiraz. Uh-huh. But in, it's called Shiraz in when it's in a warmer climate and it's called Syrah in a colder climate.
0: So, Shiraz grown in, say, so Tasmania should be called a Syrah.
1: Probably.
2: Yeah. Right. Huh. Anyway, it's oh, it's, it's
1: exactly about. the same as yours. It's like, hey, I'm doing well. I've got a good ally mm-hmm. mid game wise, yep. and all of a sudden I have someone like another player on the on the other side of the board. Maybe, yeah, maybe someone on the other side of the board, kind of who has been allied with a neighbour who I haven't been getting on well with. This okay, says, yes. hey, look, I'm thinking of stabbing them.
0: Oh, okay, so and you're yeah, just got starting potential.
1: to open the conversation mm-hmm. around how that would all work
0: okay doesn't sound too bad at all mm. well cheers again
1: cheers. didn't give the big clunk because I held it the, the on spot <laughs> 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 times like these i kind of feel a little bit pretentious Kana, but hey <laughs> well you're it's, you're, it's, 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 you're not, it's what you
0: know it's what you know um hey there's a couple of com- uh, diplomacy cons coming up
1: hey there is so we have spoken before about poppycon I have made the very firm decision that I will be going. Okay, booked a ticket? I haven't booked my ticket yet. I was just going to have a chat to you before I bought my ticket just in case I needed to kind of time things. But it sounds like that you're unable to attend. Well, yes.
0: Um, Two reasons. I've got a wake I need to go to, it's a family gathering on that weekend. Um, But I'm Ironically,
1: ironically down there, isn't it? Down there,
0: yeah, in Melbourne. Right. Oh, in the Dandy for people who know Melbourne. Um, out of Greenbrook. But it's that weekend, so if I was down there I'd need I'd be obligated to go to that. Yep. Um, but there's question marks over whether or not I can actually get down there because I've recently had an ear operation. Pardon? And uh <laughs> um, <laughs> you almost, went, I almost went for it. Um <laughs> So, I, I, the, the operation, going so they've a hole into my ear, oh, essentially, okay. yeah. to scoop out the, the shit behind, um, behind the eardrum. Yep. Um, so, I'll, I'm basically going to find out next week whether or not my time frame for flight, because I'm not allowed to fly or lift anything heavy or oh, yeah. sneeze.
1: You can't lift or anything heavy, but it's your ear.
0: Blow my nose. Yeah, because of course... Oh, that, that oh when you're bending down because of the inner
1: ear pressure thing is yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So of course
0: be careful about that pressure problem yeah so not put under are you okay with stuff, the sign so.
1: of that size yeah <laughs> 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 not, not
0: quite too heavy ah, yeah. give me a little
2: cool. <laughs> um so but yeah so, actually, so, so i'll be getting it. So. go ahead
0: either way so at this stage i don't know if i could even get down uh, to melbourne anyway Petrol prices the way they are. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good
1: point. Good point. Yeah. Excellent point.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, I saw petrol prices two dollars twenty something the other day, uh-huh. and that—that's not even the highest I've heard of being. But to give an idea, that's—that is I've worked it out something something stupid. It's like eight dollars fifty American a gallon or something dumb
1: like that. No, but you're not allowing for the change in the exchange rate. No, that's allowing for the exchange rate. No. I thought I there thought was like about four litres in a gallon, roughly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I
1: worked it out on... So uh, if it's $2.20 so let's say if it's $2. 20 Australian a litre, that makes it about $8.80 Australian a gallon, which would be around about 6 bucks 50 American a gallon. No, 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 no. So hang on, I'll tell you my,
0: I'll I'll give you my working out. Um, Okay, Canamax here. Two dollars twenty-two a liter. Right, right. There's three point seven eight five liters to a gallon. It's pretty fucking close. Right, pretty close to that, which makes it Australian dollars. Yeah, eight dollars forty US. Right, right. Eight forty US. Eight. No, 840 Australian, Australian yeah. a gallon, right? Yeah. Which, if you convert it at the exchange American. rate, or 0.74 US, yeah. right, gives us about $6.21 US a gallon. So that's cheaper than I actually said. Yeah, it is. What are you fucking complaining about? No, I thought I had those two
1: numbers back in front, but in my mind, I was... Yeah, you get what I'm saying, though. It's I still re- bloody cheap. I remember, I remember when um, I was last in America, which was the tail end of 2018 it was with um, my, my son and that was actually when we kind of went and t- saw um, some of the guys from, from um, Dipcast you know oh, in right, Seattle yep, and yep. things like that and I remember I can't remember where it was whether I was talking to them or talking to somebody else but somebody actually it wouldn't have been them it would have been someone else who was like bitching about the price of you know gasoline until I kind of told them what you know the equivalent price we paid in Australia which was like about Back then, because don't forget, back then um, oil prices were not only less because of the Russia situation, yep. but there have been, from what I understand, and look, I'm not being political at all, but I understand some of the um, uh, climate change measures put in place by the Biden administration has actually increased the price of tap fuel on taxes and things like that. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yep. So yes. basically back then was was Trump which was like, just like, make it all cheap, you know what I mean? And they were bitching back then about how expensive it was. And I remember at the time, Australia was like at least 50 to 60% more expensive than what they were paying. And they couldn't believe that, you know, we'd live under such an oppressive regime that we wouldn't rise up and just like <laughs> overthrow the <laughs> government <laughs> for such expensive petrol pricing. <laughs> but of course Australia, and again, diplomacy people will appreciate this, you know, we're coming up into a federal election. Um, it's meant to be announced, I think, in the next two weeks. We've only got two more weeks to, to announce it. Yeah, but budget's... And budget's tonight. Tomorrow, tonight, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's meant to be, all of a sudden, all this you know, relief of, of pressure on the, on the petrol price. But, um, you know, oh. But very, very... A relief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Righto. On, on, on election leave. Righto.
0: Yep. Okay. Very cynical there, Kana. Yeah, no. I, I haven't heard any sort of... I, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't really hear much in the way of... Um, talk about caring too much about cost of living expenses
1: over the last, what, eight years? Until about yeah, the last yeah. two weeks. Yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gives a fuck.
0: Anyway, that's... Mind that, you, that, that, mind no, you, at the same yeah, time, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Labour
1: hasn't done much else in that space until all of a sudden... not really say
0: that, either. Yeah, 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 so... I don't know. Well, pork <laughs> yeah, yeah. barrelling is the term that comes to mind, but,
1: but the best part about all this, Kena, is it's not long again until we can have another democracy sausage. <laughs> yes, Democracy sausage. <laughs> I think last time there was an election, it was during the... Sorry, the state government election. It was in the middle of COVID. Correct. And they didn't do any, you know, yes. cake stalls and sausage sizzles. So this will be like going back to what old school, hopefully, you know. With any luck. to do deep fried... Democracy Pickles. I don't think they do that. That's not very Australian. No. There is, um, of course, just for everybody who wants to to know when we kind of lead up to all this stuff, don't forget there's also the the, the, uh, Democracy Sausage website. So, you know, in the lead up to, you know, polling (laughs) day, you can go to democracysausage.org which is a real-time crowdsourced map of sausage sizzles. Um, So... I think the most recent uh, election in Australia was the South Australian election, state election. I think that was, was that last weekend?
2: Uh, this yeah, this weekend? Just
0: res- oh, yeah. No, it was last weekend, wasn't it? Who
2: won? No it? one uh, cares because... Labor,
0: Labor, Labor. Were they the ones who were already there? No, it's a little bit wrong. Oh, there
1: it you go. Trash hands. close. So as you kind of zoom in, you can kind of see what places have got, you know, sausages? Oh, yeah. And other ones have got like cake stalls. Okay, yeah. 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 Oh. I don't okay. know what the X is. COVID safe voting. Yeah. I, don't, I thought everything's meant to be COVID safe voting nowadays.
0: Maybe they've got a diff, different definition of it in South Australia.
1: Yeah, so um, I am looking forward to my democracy sausage. Okay. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> so, other so, whilst we're talking anyway, about democracies and, and liberty and blah blah blah, about, just, yes, I can't remember how the fuck we got onto that from popping up. Uh, I don't know. You're talking about the cost of petrol driving cost of down petrol, yes. So I will, I um, I will kind of um, book my ticket and uh, I will wave the flag for Queensland. Queensland. Yeah. Um, maybe take down the little recording thing. Maybe get a little, yeah. get a few people on tape, Get A couple people on tape. But there is in the, in, um, in the land of the free. Um, there's a, a convention coming up too, which is Dix- DixieCon. When's that? Um, it's the twenty seventh to the 29th of May. Where is that? Uh, well, there's DixieCon from memory, isn't it always in South Carolina, or is it North Carolina? North Carolina, I think, is where David Hood's based. I have to check that, Kana. Great question.
0: I guess. If anyone's interested and they've got a bit of money to spare to put into, you know, buying a few gallons of car petrol
1: to drive there, you know, who would you... What's their contact and I'm of 100% stuff. correct. Now, um, North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. So it's in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It's the 36th annual event. So um, to find out information, um, blah, 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 blah. So his, his is going to be run this year. And this is actually really quite good because it's probably the first time for a while there's been a a big face-to-face tournament tournament. in the US. Yep. So, one round will be held on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The best two scores count using Dixicon scoring. Okay. There is a speedboat five-minute turn gunboat event for both in-person and online participants. So that's interesting, so even oh, if you can't get there... Actually, that's pretty good for
0: that, that, you because yeah, you, you
1: like oh, your gunboat. Oh, I do like my gunboat. Oh, this is... Uh, he's, he's pricking up. OK. Um, there's a side tournament on, in Terraforming Mars and associated other board games. I'm not familiar with Terraforming Mars. Um, it's the type of thing you'd play, I reckon.
0: Uh, it's, it's a game I've been meaning to play, Terraforming Mars. Um, Loma. Yep. we've played with yep, before. Yeah, I remember. She loves it. She, this is one of the best games she's ever played. Um, but I've not been introduced to the game. I've been playing Bad Bones. And Bad Bones? Bad What's Bones, that about? Well, um, you're in charge of defending a little castle. And castle? Castle. And <laughs> the idea is to survive longer than your and the people you're playing against and, and skeletons rise from the dead and they come and attack your castle and you've got a hero that can defeat them and little traps that you can fire the skeletons to other people's maps and have them attack other people and, and you have to protect your castle and your little villages. Okay. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of Schengenfreude to it.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, you know.
0: So especially when the everyone, would actually quite like that. Yeah, everyone jumps on a player, you know, because they.
1: Oh, that never happens in a diplomacy yeah, game.
0: It <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a fun one, and um, I did buy Isle of Cats recently. Isle of Cats? Yeah. Yes. Haven't played it yet, but it looks like a fun one.
1: What's that got to do with it? cats?
0: Yes, you have to build a family of cats, and I've
1: got a boat, and I haven't. <laughs> look too heavily into it but yeah it looks like fun okay all
2: right
0: <laughs> anyway, but back to Dixiecon.
1: Dixie so there's also going to be um for anyone interested which is pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast would be interested in this uh, full tournament coverage on dbn on the youtube channels and also on the twitch channels oh yeah. yes and for those who are attending um and can't obviously so obviously they they won't actually be there face to face there is also um a According to David, inexpensive, inexpensive housing and registration fees. Which is good. Yeah, yep. And a barbecue dinner on Saturday afternoon.
0: Oh, how good is that? Very good. I could pass a barbecue. An old barbie. Might have some democracy sausages. American sausages are different, I found when I was over there. They're different. Yeah, they're not my Australian sausage.
1: Well, see, our democracy sausages are just like, you know, the bunning sausage, really, yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but, like, so, re-
0: realistically, like, a sausage in America is a different thing. Is it more like an Australian fancy sausage? No, more like a Chinese sausage. What's a Chinese sausage? Haven't we seen them in the supermarket? like, no, sweet dehydrated sausages, but they are not been dehydrated. Oh. Yeah, it's just... It, an American sausage is different to an Australian sausage.
1: And that's so, an American sausage is like a Chinese sausage. That's what I think, yeah. But more dehydrated, drier.
0: No, the Chinese Chinese sausages get dehydrated. So they're sugary sausages, pork meat, sugar. They're sweet. They're sweet. Sweet sausage. So the dehydrated sausage, you have to rehydrate them, the Chinese sausage. Yeah. And the American sausage is like a sweet kind of. Oh, the Americans yeah. are sweet sausages. The Americans, they're sweet-ish, you know, and they're not, it's just not an Australian sausage. In Australian sausage, you've got different flavours, you've got your, just like you've got different meat pies. I don't know if Americans have meat pies. I didn't see any meat pies over there. But, um, I don't know. I mean, over here you've got your, you know, your curry and cheese sausage or your different, your, your bratwurst or your... Not, just different, just, just oh, different you know. Frankfurt's <laughs> is the same Frankfurt's is the same Frankfurt's is the same okay, okay. yeah the, the dog the the, the, okay. there, the, okay. yeah they're the same hot dogs okay. yeah. but the, the sausage anyway I don't know why I got on
1: that barbecues you talked about sauce. barbecue dinner so there we go so yep. more information oh shit okay <laughs> There's a really obscure um, URL or you can just go to DixieCon.com. yeah do that do that do that indeed so uh, is there an email
0: you can contact
1: I'm sure you can go to there and um, spam David Hood or maybe spam him some other way through DBN or whatever yeah. I'm sure if he, you know, again smart people they know how to use the internet they can work it out themselves speaking of DBN we're going to talk a little bit about something around DBN in our Patreon feed oh ah, is
0: that where that's going
1: yes, okay, yes that's where that's going good <laughs> Good, 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 good. So if you want to listen to that, as well as our conversation around Facebook and artificial intelligence, and also around DARPA and artificial intelligence, which we both covered off in previous, in previous Patreon patron episodes, yes. relating back to our <laughs> conversation today, um, sign up. Doesn't cost much, two bucks, and you've got all those fucking hours and hours of drunken diplomacy ramblings, <laughs> occasionally something worth of minor interest to players. Gems in the rock. <laughs> So, that's, that's our, our uh, tournament conversations. Do we want to talk about some variant stuff?
2: Um,
0: yeah, hey, look, we did promise we'd have a chat around the Mandate of Heaven um, on our last episode. Yes, we did. Is it Mandate of Heaven or Mandate from Heaven?
1: I thought it was Mandate of Heaven.
0: Okay, so Mandate of Heaven uh, yes. by David Cohen. Yes. Um, we're going to have to use your uh, mobile device because hey, mine just no, no, doesn't... No read so, the map very well. Well, I can see the map, but I can't see the rules. Okay. So, fuck. We'll that way. And then
1: you can zoom in this way. Tell you what, tell you what. Why don't you... have pause for a second? Yes. So, um, Mandate Heaven. This is one of the ones that, that David E. Cohen has developed. He's been refining over time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as the name goes by, it's um, set in um, ancient China. So, I think. Five Kingdoms? Yeah, there's five kingdoms there. I reckon there's five. There's like a... What well, are the country country players? Here we are. There's the Qin, the Shu, the Yan, the Yu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, six players. Sips. Okay. The Qi or Chu and the... Chi. Fuck, Qi? Qi and Qin, anyway but
0: there's barbarians, there's
1: barbarians. now yeah. this is where we were talking about it off-tape oh wait a sec but the barbarian is there and calm
0: so, but, and then up yeah. here so there's some northern step barbarians at start there's a barbarian there okay so i guess my question
1: is are they a
0: player are they a player or are they standing neutrals
2: yep
1: so when we were looking at the rules we weren't really sure about that and that really kind of impacts on the, the gameplay really doesn't it like it, it's a totally yeah, different t- approach to evaluating the map if it's a player versus a standing neutrals
0: they have to be a player because there's no supply centers on those steps is there so those supply centers are those circles oh yes so they have to be played. The player has to take control. But then, they start with an army. Oh, you
1: think that they're just going to start like, like in your
0: the the, the Mongolian. Barrier. Mongolian. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they start.
1: Oh, actually, no. What about that that um, that um, uh, Roman one? That's like—is it called Imperia?
0: Where you start where all as the the, the, yes. the,
1: the, the the barbarian tribes, and you all kind of quickly rush into the. To get a supply, center to get a supply to centre because you're unsupported.
0: Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think that's what that's about. Mm. So well, it you says check to the barbarians, the, the barbarians have to invade to survive.
1: So let's assume, let's have, let's have a conversation in two ways. One, that the barbarians are a player. Okay. And then secondly, we'll have a conversation that the barbarians are just standing neutrals. Okay. So well, let's have a
0: quick conversation around... Fun. But them being standing neutral. Okay, we'll start with that. If you don't do anything about it, you can say goodbye to a barbarian units because that's part of the rules that they start unsupported supply centres.
1: Well, the fact that up here with the northern steppe area, there's actually no supply centres in there. No. So I reckon you're right, there must be a player. It's got to be a player. It's a player? it's got to be. Okay. But they they can kind of... You're
0: right. I mean, they're guaranteed... They're guaranteed a few units anyway, straight up. They've
1: got one down here, up in in the... I suppose where Pyong-Pen would be in North Korea. Korea. And then they've also got one over here in the far west. Cam. Cam or Calm. Based on that, my concern here, from a balance of power point of view, is that you've got all these... Neutrals supply centers between all the other players, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have the usual situation that you would have in a normal game, bit of bit of competition with all that stuff. Yeah. You touched on the fact that the barbarians are probably going to invade straight away from the north and quickly take over some of these supply centers. Well, they have to su- they have
0: to get supply centers to keep themselves alive, right? Yep. So.
1: But because because the rules are the way the rules work. So let's use the northern step where there's five units. If they all, for example, support each other into, you know, wrong, which is obvious because they'll get it first up, but they'll probably also support themselves into coming down this way to get some of these supply centres.
0: Well they want to have two units on supply, If they want to have two units, they want to have as many units as they can get hold of. You know, supply centres they could grab to keep as many units on the board as possible. I guess where so. I was
1: getting at, from a balance of power point of view, is so many barbarian units in the north. You know, random one in the west, random one in the northwest. There's actually I was picked up then. There's a random one in the very in the east, in um, what would be top of top of Luzon in, in 10. The, no 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 I no, think that's, that's the top Philippines. of Philippines. Uh, it's called uh, Le Song, uh, and um, there's also one over here in Likui, Liyakui. Um Anyway, yeah. long story short, my concern is that the barbarians are too strong in the north, which, would dis- which will actually make it harder for some of these northern players, whilst there's a fair number of vacant supply centres in the south, which I don't think barbarians can get to as quickly and easily which means that your players on the map that are particularly the green and the purple and the orange I think will grow much faster well orange is adjacent to the barbarian invasion so you're the green and the purple green and purple
0: could potentially grow faster which would be um, uh, da, 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 da. well of course you need you need to Trial that would be the Chew and the Yui. Yui. Yeah. I and mean, the rivers are navigable, so
1: fleets. But we weren't clear of whether if you have your fleets on there, whether well, you can convoy through them.
0: Can you use your fleets to convoy? Mm. Yeah, so a coastal, a coast is our
1: coastal our coast convoyable, or is it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, no, no more rules, and you probably can't.
0: Mm. I think this would be interesting. Is there a transform rule on this?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. There's nothing in the rules about it. Okay. But that would be interesting. For example, those fleets that are out here for the barbarians, you know, to kind of make. But actually the one thing that you can, that's different, I think, is you can build anywhere. So wherever you take over, you can build.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So if you. So that kind of
1: gets rid of the real urgency for a transform role
0: okay I think that deserves play testing I'd be really interesting to see how having a player who has to who has to be belligerent to survive yep because it, you know he has no choice and if you have a player like that how that interacts so the players that are have that belligerent player, knowing he's going to be belligerent, do they try and channel that aggression towards a neighbour? Yep. Do they try and co-opt that? Or, knowing full well that person's going to go hard. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is going to go hard, I'm going to help him go hard against a neighbour and fingers crossed, you know, if that's one of my neighbours down, i can going to against another. Mm-hmm. against do they band together and go, okay, we know this guy's going to go home, let's see how we can defend ourselves and hold the line, and yeah. become friends on that, because yeah. you know that's coming.
1: Mm, that's true. Could, could create some interesting game dynamics. But yeah, it makes, it makes for an immediate, out-of-the-gate, interesting dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, anyway, so there we are, David, that's what our thoughts are on that one, and um, I, I think it'll be, I mean, there's a bit of... This has been kind of posted, also a number of different forums, you know, VDIF, WebDip. I don't know if I've ever played it, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And I agree with you, Kainer. I think a little bit of playtesting will kind of help it out.
0: Yeah, uh, 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 yeah. Get it, get on the map. Because there's, there's, there's some weird rules in the original Mandate of Heaven map that made it really difficult to port. I remember.
1: Um, so I'm glad that's had an update. So other things, just to kind of briefly mention, was. Um, I can't remember what it was it was um, probably about a, maybe a week or so
2: ago uh, I um, had a,
1: um, a a tweet kind of came around on our Twitter account so at Diplomacy Games on Twitter oh yes and it was from Ryan Trinor. ok what's Ryan uh, got to say Ryan asks I just listened to your Baron Von Powell interview Oh, yeah baron. yeah yes, yes. and wondered if his college of cardinals ever came to an online platform good question so I got in touch with baron His um his responses look sadly no okay. he actually feels basically the way baron described it the um a lot of the mechanics behind that game with you know the way things work with the, the popes and the yeah. All those Aids uh, and all those other elements, yes. he's basically kind of indicated, look, there's there's no way in the world you could really easily code an online solution. It would have to be, like, adjudicated in a normal...
0: Not without some serious programming experience. Some, like
1: very, you know, very, some very, very, very serious stuff. Maybe yes. you've made a game or something that works. Right?
2: Um,
1: he, he did go on to say, though, that, look, he's... Um, bring up my, my things here yes so he went on to kind of say that um, when it comes to College of Cardinals unlike 1900 which he's been obviously working on, he says before it's too complicated to see the light of day. Um, that being said, he also said, look his um, partner that he'd been working and collaborating with on this one, which I think he talked about previously with um, Tim. Um, they haven't kind of kept in touch as much as they should. They've okay. agreed on some, on some rule changes and have gone off and updated of the map since we last talked. Yep. Um, but there's still a lot of work that's required to integrate the new material into the rules. So um, that being said, he kind of went on to basically say that, look, he will develop a sense of urgency on the game. He feels it's just too good and he's too invested too much time to delay things further. So maybe this may in fact actually act as a spark of inspiration Ooh. which he hopes will kind of turn into a roaring fire. Ooh. So okay. he actually also said we'd be interested in the revised map. I said of course we'd be interested in seeing the revised map. Yes. He hasn't got back to me with the revised map yet but that's probably because I only emailed him back around about you know, six or seven hours ago.
2: So where,
0: where on the internet can you play email games like specifically for emails? So we've got the diplomatic Court. right? Um, don't they do? They, they, they focus on email games um, and variants alongside. So hand okay. adjudication. Clay yeah. uh-huh. um, Dip has a forum specifically for hand adjudicated okay. um, games. Yep, yep, so, yep. so they're two sites just straight up where there's already a community ready to kind of
1: play. Well, there's also like that area that any um, you know, other games that I'm kind of playing in that David Cohen's running, but he does it all
0: via email. Well, and that's then what I'm saying. Yeah, it's done by email, so it's, it's done. It's hand adjudicated, so you, you know, play by email. Not, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, the Play Diplomacy forum and the, the diplomatic corps they um, yeah, they they publish their adjudicated maps on the
1: for um, the people to follow, you know, as a record. Um, he does kind of keep his, his maps over at um, a place called Proboard, proboards.com. David that's Cohen? That's, yeah, that's part of his right. Academy of Creative Destruction. Okay. Uh, acd-diplomacy.proboards.com. Okay. you've got to be kind of logged in to view it or whatever anyway so, a bit of chat there about variants. so that's all really interesting um, so, time wise, do we want to just, maybe just, because we haven't got a huge amount of time, do we want to just yeah. touch on one of your recent games that that finished? Actually,
0: this is one we've been banging on with for a few episodes now, like have we? We've
1: been banging on about um, this one for a long while
0: so, I guess the cat's out of the bag now, it's 36 foot all. But um, oh, we've talked about that. talked about it pretty open. But now, we never think, actually said who you were. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I ended up, I was the I was Livonian Empire, uh, Livonian Order.
2: Um, and I had a. will be like some more drinks on the way or something.
0: We will get some more drinks in a second. No, Thank you.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um,
1: where was I? I lost my stream. You're saying you were the Livonian Order? Ended up in a three-way draw. Correct.
0: Ended up in a three-way draw. On a draw Europa Renovatio. Um, yep, with Sweden and Portugal. Um, I allied with Sweden very early on mm-hmm. um, and took it to a, three, um, a three-way tie. The players, who I just want to sort of give a shout-out to, um, Portugal, Xenon, Radon ended up with 119 supply centres.
1: Whoa! Um,
0: Sweden on 91 and myself on 98. Sorry, and Sweden was played by? Sweden was played by Eric Ip or Eric Kip Mm 107 and myself Kana. Some key notable players I want to sort of also shout out to were the players of Savoy. Uh, where are you Savoy? Um, Steampunk Shogun, mm-hmm. who allied with Switzerland lay Sa mm-hmm. um, From Thailand, yep. From Thailand. He's the one who's organising their Thailand. Yeah, team. Bangkok, yeah. 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 Um, and they, um, their alliance took us up to the end, or the last two we mm-hmm. had to take out. Um, the other two, which took a long while to remove from the game was Simon Peter Watson who played poor Colu yep and the Golden Horde who was Mouse mouse. mouse um another Melbourne player another Melbourne
1: player who apparently yes, doesn't actually hasn't gone to a Popicon tournament or anything like that hasn't he no oh, oh okay he said he should go to this one
0: not to redeem himself from this game um, although that that stalemate line that that stretched from far northern Russia all the way down to the Black Sea mm. and across the Balkans that was unbreakable. I, I remember it gave me the shits. And I couldn't move units away from it because yep. then that would... yeah, anyway. They'd break through. Exactly, right? kalu ended up stabbing Golden Horde, which caused the Golden Horde to do a U-turn and try and defend I know, order. it was so... Right. And it's, it just collapsed in the space of a couple of seconds. I think, I think, I think seconds. we talked about that at um,
1: on one stage around what was his rationale and reasons for doing that. I asked the question. Oh, okay,
0: yes. yes. Great. So, um, essentially I asked uh, where are we? Portugal... Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. scrolling. Uh, hung- oh, Hungary! Also, I wanted to give a shout out to on that. Uh, uh, yeah. Wasn't expecting Cora to lose. now. Cora um, didn't actually answer it. However, Portugal. Oh no, Cora did. Yeah. So basically, it was kind of a mix between getting bored of the game. Yep. And seeing that he felt that his southern border against Portugal was completely undefended, and hoping that he was going to be included in some sort of survival in the mercenary outfit on behalf of Portugal by going against the Golden uh, Yep. Um, as, 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 as. as to why he did this today, mm-hmm. uh, which to me made no sense. Um, they would have both had a better chance, had they stayed fighting Portugal from the point of view of Livonian Order and Sweden, both of us, had they kept their stalemate line to us to the bitter end, would have gone okay, we're not going to let Portugal get the last few bites out of these countries if he was getting close to the win, which he was starting to, like 119 units. Oh yeah, there. that's, like, that's that, serious that territory, yeah. Gotten a lot closer to the to, to, the, to the coveted win uh, on, on this map. So you know, had they had they held up the, to, to the bitter end, there was a chance they could have survived. There's no one
1: won on this map yet. So there's no one won on this map.
0: No, yet. People have won on this map. Oh, okay. It's the other massive one that's only got one winner. <laughs> I think it was truly <laughs> my one and only claim to fame. <laughs>
1: Um, but talking of talking of winners, there were a few times during this where off tape, um, or maybe during some of the Patreon discussions, we had a conversation around your thinking around stabbing Sweden at various key points. Yes. Thinking back, now that you've kind of you've you've got your three way draw, congratulations. Yep. Um, thinking back. Would you, if you had your time again, would you have maybe stabbed Sweden and be in a position to either end with a higher PPSC, that, or maybe you be in the box position to solo? Um, would you would you change your time again with your decisions? Look,
0: I think the end is a nice solid end, and I'm happy with the end position. Okay. Um, it would be interesting to see how it would have played out had I done that but it was, it was too good of an alliance to not see through to the end I think um,
1: particularly as Portugal is getting a bit hairy yeah I mean yeah. You, you, you guys needed to have stuck together like glue to have effectively stalemated Portugal because without that as the game would have gobbled and unless won, it happened so. at a certain period of time when you still had corporal and a few others it may have been a different dynamic. Correct, yes. Um And even lord for like a long while there, you know, he was he just gave yes. me the shits for so long.
0: Yeah, there's a thorn in my in my Backside. Um Well done Mouse. My, yeah, no. There well we go where going um, is coming from. I No <laughs> I'll let him know, you know, well well done Sweden. Like Sweden dissuaded me from actually doing the stab when he Got a little bit jittery about one of my moves, and did a build in his more just as a protection unit. Quite signal. Yeah, and I thought, oh no, he's actually paying very close attention to what my moves are. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Had he not built, yeah, I would have. I would have. we
1: were talking about if you were going to do it, how would you do it?
0: Exactly. So if you yeah, were
1: to yeah. do it, how would you have done? It? I think your original plan was to. Build a little bit further out and not kind of create a you know stalemate. I,
0: I had units in reserve and I was close enough to Sweden's border to take something in the realm of about ten or twelve supply centers in one hit, essentially. I reckon you right. should have done it, trainer. <laughs> I
2: really
1: do.
0: But it needed to have happen whilst there was other players on the board. Of we course, yeah, up yeah, up yeah, 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 Before Portugal in um, it, Portugal and, and got a superior condition. Savoy and Switzerland were still about, yeah. Anyway, yeah, okay, we're playing alternative alternative distros. But I I really enjoyed that one. Got me to a good spot on the uh, leaderboard there. I know. They've taken Um, away your
1: your, your, um, beer, (laughs) Stein, but. um, So I don't know how we're going to do this, but I need to definitely give you extra congratulations now, Kana. As I've said for. Quite a long while now. You are a better player than I, oh, and now we can actually see it. Sir. in... Where
0: have, where, where have I gotten to? No, well
1: I'm I'm up here. Where am I? There. I'm 62, uh-huh. and I think you're way up here. You're in the 1900s. You? Where are you? 26. Wow. Hey, it's the same number but inverted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised anyway, no, it's only 26. I would have thought you'd probably go up a little bit higher. But anyway. Oh,
0: yeah. May well have gotten higher, but I've lost some games recently as
1: well, so bring stuff back. Well, congratulations! Cheers!
0: Cheers! And it's probably time for another drink.
1: Another drink, Um, and maybe we'll move on and do our Patreon show. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, do you want to wrap this up now? Yeah, might as well.
0: All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. Um, To another. Oh, oh, we should
2: oh.
1: actually say, oh yeah, yeah, timelines. Yeah, timelines. Yeah, yeah. time so we have been dropping the ball of, of late recently, and, and we do apologise for that. Um, so what we need to basically to get back onto, with, if we can, is a more re, more re, predictable schedule. Because at the yeah. moment there is no there is no predicting when a The diplomacy yeah. Games episode is going to come out. Well, we've
0: had flooding. I mean, I've had an operation. There's yeah, all sorts of stuff that's happened. Yeah, yeah like actually,
1: I, I think also in the last episode when we caught up, not knowing that war had broken out in the Ukraine, I think we were also going on about what, what was the weather bureau going on about? You know, this is yeah. going to be a little, a lot more rain than normal. We're going there's fucking nothing, and then like two days later, it's like there's one Terential. of the massive flood, yeah. like massive flood.
2: Were you affected?
1: Uh not substantially. I think on the very very last day that we had a bit of flash flooding where it's just like pissed down rain right, yeah. and a little bit of um, rain came through our garage but we'd moved everything and everything right, yeah. like that and we'd also got, it was fine. Okay. Was yeah. How about
0: you? No, no, we're on a hill. So. Yeah, from yeah. where you've said before you are, you should be right. Yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just mud. Just mud everywhere. Yeah. Not, not, not actually flooding. Yep. Not yep. Nothing that's, not to the extent these guys.
1: Uh, no, no, the, that's the, right, yeah. So it's like but anyway, anyway. So yes, we, we have been a little bit haphazard. Um, we will try to get back to normal a, service, a or at least reckless. more, at least more predictable. Yeah. So um, we um, do apologise.
0: Maybe one before, Popicon. Sounds like it. how it goes. Yeah.
1: Great idea. I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, I'm Amby. I'm Kana. You've been listening to Blows the Games. Thank you very much for listening to the show and. Good luck with all your games, and hopefully you'll play in a face-to-face tournament soon.
0: Yeah, jump onto DixieCon if you can get there, or, you know, online, Gunboat if you can. All good. All right, guys. See you. bye